0: everybody. And welcome to Creativity Lives Here, a podcast designed to support you with tapping into your peak creative potential. And welcome to episode 20. I hope that this finds you with a spark, even if it's just a really tiny spark of joy and inspiration in your heart. And if you're not feeling any of that right now, I have a sense that today's conversation is going to infuse you even just a little bit with those things, I've got a really fun and vibrant and inspiring conversation to share with all of you today which is also how I would describe today's guest Charde Rael who is a personal trainer, a nutrition specialist, a wellness coach and the owner and founder of Core Pow Fitness. She has her own YouTube channel, as well as a podcast called the Feel Good Naked Podcast for Women. And she's also the creator of the Rio Project, Seven Steps to Feel Good Naked, her signature one-on-one coaching program, which is all about transformation from the mind outwards and finding the confidence to be your strongest self. I'd like to mention that during our conversation, I mistakenly called Chardet's program, the Rio plan. So I'm just clarifying here that it's actually called the Rio project. And if you're curious to learn more about that and all of Chardet's other amazing work, all of that information is in the show notes. I'm a huge fan of Sharday's work, and actually the story of how she ended up on this podcast is kind of a cool one. So, Chardet's YouTube channel is one of my favorite workout channels on the platform. I discovered it about two years ago when she had just started it and her cheerful, warm, and lighthearted approach to exercise just really resonated with me. And in the meantime, Charday has also created her own podcast, the Feel Good Naked podcast, which I just mentioned. And recently, her and I connected on Instagram, where Sade asked me to be on her podcast, and I felt that she would also make an amazing guest for this show. So just a really cool little story of connection, and it just reminded me of how one of my inspirations for creating this project, creating this podcast, was so I could connect with people from all over the world, reconnect with old friends of mine who are doing really amazing things, and to connect and have cool conversations with people that I wouldn't normally have a conversation with. And this episode is just such a wonderful example of that. And after Charday and I finished recording, I was just filled with so much joy because we connected on so many levels and we discovered how we're really on the same wavelength in so many areas. And it was just really cool. And I'm also delighted to have someone from the fitness world on the show who approaches fitness and well-being in a way that goes beyond the physical. As I've mentioned before, I believe that feeling a sense of well-being in our bodies is essential for our ability to tap into our peak creative potential. Since our bodies are literally our creative vessels, there are physical structures that allow us to create Physical creations in this world that we live in. And if it wouldn't be for our bodies, our creative inspirations would just remain creative inspirations and could never take on physical form. So that's why I feel really compelled to have someone like Sade on the show, whose work is all about feeling good and strong and confident in our bodies, in our physical vessels. And as you may have been able to tell by Sade's bio, she's also a prolific creator and dedicated entrepreneur. And in today's conversation, we also talk about how Sade optimizes her creativity and structures her workday to set herself up to succeed creatively and to set herself up to succeed as she is wearing all of these different hats. So it's just a juicy conversation in so many ways and such a joyful conversation as well. I really
1: look forward to sharing it with all of you. Let's dive in. Where I'm at now, I could never imagine 15 years ago being it would be just completely so out of my comfort zone (laughs) Uh, and just completely different life path than what I thought in a good way but it's just very different so when I started out I guess starting from university I really wanted to travel the world I really wanted to help people I wanted to have an impact and at that time the only thing that I knew about doing was really getting into diplomacy or working with NGOs. So that was what I started to do. I studied it. I went to DC. I did all the poli courses. I did the volunteering. And the more that I did, the more frustrated I got with how much red tape there was, with how little interaction there actually was with the people you were helping. And it just seemed that it really to be honest it really hampered on any creativity it felt completely trapping and I just was not the kind of person that could live like that so I decided after paying for this degree and going through the years of it that I was not going to use it (laughs) at all yeah (laughs) at all yeah it's
0: a challenging decision to make in that moment
1: Yeah, it was really hard and luckily though, I found a way to get into business and it was in a way where we were working with entrepreneurs, so small business owners and other entrepreneurs and they were doing everything from crochet to painting to everything you can think about. There were these small business owners and we were helping them with their marketing and their strategy and the tie-in for me was they were trying to grow internationally So I was bringing in my skills of different economies, different cultures, but the actual day-to-day stuff was very different. It was very business-centric and it got me a lot more excited and I thought, you know, this is actually the direction I want to go. So from that point on, I got into business and that slowly transitioned to starting my own business seven years ago. And the name of your business is Corpow Fitness, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, do you want to talk a little
1: bit about that, what that's all about? So, I am Brazilian American and I spent most of my time growing up in the States, but decided to go to Brazil because it felt like, as an adult, it felt like a part of me was missing. And I just always felt like something was not there. And when I went to Brazil, I felt like I was at home. Like, I found my soul and my spirit, and I felt so good from an emotional, physical, all standpoint, being there in a way that I never had before when I was in the States. So when I came back from that journey, I decided that if I created something, I always wanted to create a business because that was how I wanted to help people. And if I was going to do that, that I wanted to capture this spirit of Inspiring people, letting them have this really full, enjoyable life of feeling this soul, this color, this vibrancy that really is a part of Brazil, and that materialized into fitness because that was kind of a hobby I'd always been into fitness. But "corpo" itself is a Portuguese word, which basically means "amazing body," but it encompasses so much more than that. It's a woman who's very confident, who's vibrant, who knows her strength, who walks down that catwalk no matter what, who is any shape and feels that way. And so that was the name that I wanted to put on my brand to capture that.
0: I think that's so beautiful. And I I feel that spirit really shines through in your work. And I think that's also what attracted me to your workout videos initially, is that they just had this really good energy behind them. And I just really felt that they were coming from a place of empowerment and and their intention was to make you feel good. And yeah, I just, I feel like the spirit that you're intending to put in your work is totally shining through. And I think that's so beautiful, Sharday.
1: Oh, I love to hear that. I, that makes me happy because as you know, workouts get, especially when people don't want to do them, it's one of the hardest <laughs> things to get people excited about and inspired by. So I love to hear that. And it's also interesting what you say about how
0: going to Brazil unlocked this part of you. I actually had a very similar experience when for me, it was actually going to the States, going to California. I also felt like this different part of myself got, got unlocked. And also um, I really started feeling really inspired creatively. So it's interesting to hear that you had a similar experience when you went to Brazil.
1: Yeah. It's sometimes it's just about finding a place that matches more with our energy and, and then being able to take it back with you. Because after that, when I was in the States, I was fine because I felt like I had filled this well or whatever and just took the the creativity and the inspiration with me. So I didn't feel like I had to stay in Brazil, but it was very important for me to have taken the journey there.
0: Yes, that's beautifully said and I I actually feel similarly right now because at the moment I'm in Switzerland, but I feel like I'm still carrying this California spirit with me. So (laughs) that's such a great way of saying it. Yeah. (laughs) So as I shared with you right before we started recording, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show is because I feel that feeling good in our bodies is such a big piece of being able to tap into our peak creative potential. So I know this is a big question, but what kind of advice would you have for people who are looking to feel better in their bodies?
1: So the biggest thing I can say is that it has to start with accepting where you're at. And I know that sounds strange to say as someone who's a trainer and a coach, but you, you really cannot accept yourself in the best form you have until you accept yourself as you are. So I know many people who are from the outside look amazing, and you would think, well, that's what it means to feel good, right, to feel good in your body, but they are so unhappy on the inside And that's because they've never accepted where they were at. They never accepted whatever it was, their body shape or, you know, it's it's just accepting without judgment is the most important thing. Just observing. You can always say, well, I need to have more energy. That's important to me. You can say, I would like to be more toned or defined. That will make me feel good. But if you're coming from a standpoint of judgment, then it's just never going to be a smooth ride for you. I definitely agree with that.
0: And I feel like when you come at it with judgment, then you're immediately putting resistance in the game. And then that's going to keep you from really moving further at all.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Because if you, if you can accept where you're at, not in that I'm going to stay in this position forever, but I can accept where I'm at. I can acknowledge where I'm at. I can respect where I'm at. Then anything you do better or in addition is just going on your way up but if you start with the, as you said the resistance and the resentment then it doesn't really matter how far you go because you're always going to see something wrong you're always going to pinpoint it so I always tell people that it really has to start with at least self-acceptance or observing where you're at without judgment even if you can't accept it, but just observing it and saying, okay, this is where I'm at. And I know what I need to do to go forward. Because, like, Honestly, when you're training your body or when you're adapting or adopting a healthy lifestyle, it is, it's almost a creative process because you're coming in and you're deciding what kind of ways do I like to move? How do I like to eat? And if you immediately stifle that creativity and you say, I have to do this, I have to do that, I'm so bad at this, this is where I'm at, you're not going to be able to find your unique, sustainable solution. It just won't stick.
0: That's such a beautiful way of saying it, and I also feel like you're not going to find your own unique expression because if we're constantly putting ourselves down, we we can't really express ourselves in that moment. And I think um, tending to our bodies, um, starting to eat well and get in shape, also very much has to do with expression and and sharing ourselves with the world.
1: Yeah. Definitely. They always say that it's self-care and it really is. It really is a a form of self-care and and self-respect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which I also, I, I really love how you focus on enjoyment. Um, uh, Also when it comes to food, by the way, I, I checked out your, your um, blog today with your recipes and I love it. It's so beautiful and the recipes look amazing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: thank you I feel like they're all healthy but you know I also want to make them pretty it has to have the food art that's where (laughs) the creativity (laughs) I'm putting into it is styling them a little bit
0: I definitely believe in eating with our eyes yes yeah (laughs) yeah so um anyway yeah I just wanted to say I love that you really focus on the enjoyment aspect as well um because at the end of the day, I, f- I feel like part of the reason why we're on this planet is to savor and enjoy. And if we're depriving ourselves, we're, we're just really missing out on life in a big way. And, and then also not getting creatively inspired. Yes.
1: And you're never going to do something. You won't stick with something that you don't enjoy. You're going to just come up with all kinds of reasons to resist it. And that's often why I see people who've tried to feel better in their bodies, who've tried to, to change, to transform, but they're kind of stuck because they're following things that don't bring them enjoyment. And what brings you enjoyment is going to be different from what brings me enjoyment. So it really is finding what your unique happiness is. Yeah. And the big
0: piece of that is listening to yourself. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, as we've already spoken about right now, it really sounds like a big piece of your work is mindset work. Um, Are there any other elements to that that you'd like to share?
1: Yeah, I love that you saw this, Leah, because so my big pivot for this year is going more into mindset. Because that that's the root of any transformation anyway, but especially in the wellness world, I shouldn't say wellness world, in the fitness world, there is a heavy emphasis on the superficial. So what workouts should I do? What food should I eat? But really, it all comes down to the mindset and getting into the strategies to change the way you think about about food to change the way you work out to change the way you think about your body because that's where you see real growth and results that are forever so I've been shifting a lot more into that and into behavior change and then the main biggest thing now especially for the next year is going to be a focus on developing habits so in the way that you treat your body in the way that you eat in the way you organize your day all of that stuff because They're like the small little steps that take you up the staircase. So that's a huge focus for me is really on creating habit systems for each individual that help them keep what they've achieved.
0: That's so beautiful. It sounds to me like that you're really setting up your clients up to succeed in that way. Because I feel like ultimately if we're just focusing on the superficial, we're really missing this whole foundation that's really needed to, to get the results you want in the end.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. It really it's almost it's almost like you can create this beautiful painting, but then if you're just gonna rip it up, I just wow. It's <laughs> the point, yeah. you know. <laughs> so that's the way I think of it. As you can, you can get these fitness goals that you have, but then if you're just not going to create the foundation for them, you're essentially just throwing away the effort that you put into it.
0: I think that's such a great analogy, and in a way, the ripping up is also when people self sabotage again, and they, you know, they go back again to where they started. And yeah, I, I love that. <laughs> I love that image. <laughs> Yeah, very cool. So I know that your big current creative endeavor is called the Rio plan, seven steps to feel good naked. Um, and I can imagine hearing you speak just now that the mindset work is is a big piece of that. But I'd love to hear um, more about this creation that you have. You already put it out there or are you going to launch it?
1: Yeah, so the so it's the real project 7 steps to feel good naked and I started it a couple years ago, but I've really rejigged it in the last year to really focus more on the mindset and habits aspect. So the whole mission is as you said it's to feel good naked because it's not to look good naked, although of course <laughs> that can be part of it, but yeah. it's to feel good naked. And that's a message which I've been pushing more and more over the last year because you find that, yes, people want to look good, of course. Yes, people want to be confident. But realistically, they just want to feel good with or without clothes no matter what. And that's kind of the ultimate goal. So getting there involves, of course, your nutrition. That's going to be a step. It's going to also involve your workouts. But the bigger stuff is working on mindset, working on your relationship to food, which is something that people really struggle with and don't often focus on. Um, Healing that relationship with food, healing the relationship with your body, seeing where you sabotage and what are your triggers and coming up with strategies to really manage that so that you are able to forever feel good. And if you stop feeling good, you know what to do to get back.
0: Mm,
1: beautiful and is this a
0: one-on-one coaching
1: experience or um yes very yeah so this one is one-to-one coaching because we basically create your own personalized habits program and then everything is tailored to you because realistically if it's gonna stick and you have a big transformation you really do need to be made for you so it's one-to-one and then I do have an offshoot where if you weren't ready to do one-to-one you could just go through the program if you're disciplined at self-pace but that is for someone who's really driven which are they those people exist but (laughs) but yeah so there are the two options there
0: yeah no very cool um and and how long is it
1: so it's three months you do. right?
0: Great, great. Yeah, so it sounds like a really good amount of time to uh, build a really strong foundation.
1: Yes, yeah. So three months is what I found. So I've been coaching different women for about seven years now, the eight years in April. And what I found in terms of timing is that in one month, you can start to get the habits. In two months, you can really see the change, but it's three months where, you feel confident enough to do it on your own. Yeah, that
0: makes sense. Because I think there's just something about having someone really listening to your unique situation and where you're at and then working from there.
1: Yeah, well, you know this. I mean, as a coach, it's, of course, you're helping people find the path, but you're also helping them discover what's getting in their way. And that's not something that they can do on their own a lot of times. It takes a third person a third party person who is not going to judge you, who doesn't really personally have a judgment against you either way that that can help you do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you have such
0: a nurturing and non-judgmental spirit. So I think anybody who's going to work with you is really lucky.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, my mom is an artist at heart, so we did a lot of funky things. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm accepting of of a lot of different ways of life and viewpoints <laughs> and perspectives because that's what happens uh yeah, when your mom has <laughs> <laughs> when she's an artist like that. Oh, I love that. I
0: didn't know that about you. That's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. So she her practical job is that she is a nurse. Uh-huh. And she goes and she helps utterly in their home. But then she's also been an artist for years and years. So I grew up with these crazy murals on our walls in the living room, in the kitchen, <laughs> wow. and with musicians coming in at night. It's just really a different kind of, of upbringing for sure. It's
0: so interesting because I feel like one of the things I've noticed about your work online is how colorful it is. And what you just shared about the murals, I'm like, oh, that makes sense.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there was was never a beige wall in sight, for sure not. That's
0: so beautiful. Well, the vibrancy is still
1: totally there with you. (laughs) Oh, I love it.
0: Yeah, so I'd actually love to speak more um, now about just your work in general as a creator, because you are such an avid creator. You're creating videos and podcast episodes and recipes and amongst other things. So I'd love to hear, first of all, which of those things do you, do you enjoy creating the most?
1: Oh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. So I love doing the recipes and fortunately it's not something I have as much time for now or that I've been prioritizing but I love doing the recipes because when you do food art it's almost there are no there are no rules you can do anything you can take a recipe and you can invert it you can decorate things however you want people are very open minded when it comes to food they don't come in with the same judgments as they might with some of the other content so that's something where it's really freeing and i feel like i have complete artistic license when i'm doing when i'm doing the recipes
0: i love that do you a lot of the recipes on your blog, do you make them up yourself? Or do you kind of put your own spin on other recipes you found? Or what is your creative process with them?
1: Also a good question. So so, so it first started, it goes two ways. One of the ways, which is a little bit less structured, is I, I traveled a lot. I love to travel. And I love the food in different cultures. So whenever I would travel, I would look at the main dishes and the spices and the way it was put together, and I would use that to inspire my own recipes. And you know from my recipes, the big thing about them is they are really healthy. So I would look at something which maybe is a little less healthy and see how I could keep the cultural tradition around it, keep the vibrancy, keep the flavors, but simplify it and also make it so it's a little bit healthier. So that would be one way. So every time I travel, I literally have on my phone, I'm writing down, oh, I had this at this menu. I had this out here, constantly doing it. I've got more pictures of food than I do of selfies for sure. I, <laughs> I actually have oh, like two selfies maybe, but everything <laughs> on my phone is, is food pictures. And I really get inspiration from traveling. And then the second one is more practical. So let's say if I have a more functional meal, someone says to me, client says, I really need a vegan option for lunch that has five ingredients, it's super simple. So then I'll think about different dishes I know and I'll research and see what other people have done, combine different things together and really try to simplify. Because my big thing is I know the clients I have, especially they don't have a ton of time. And it's lovely to make these extravagant recipes and and to have those moments. But realistically, during the week, you know, Monday, Tuesday night, you don't have three hours to make a main dish. So I always think about what can I strip down, but also still keep the flavor. That's awesome. And I mean,
0: also, just quickly back to your workouts, I also know that with your approach to workouts, you also really emphasize that it doesn't have to take a long time. So I I just love that your your work is all about, you know, it can be fun, it can be delicious, but it doesn't have to be complicated and take a ton of time.
1: Yeah, I just don't want people to obsess about it. And I think that when they do try, a lot of times when people do try to get in shape or lose weight or whatever their physical goal is, it's very easy to get obsessed about the numbers and the food and how much workouts you're doing and that really takes the joy away from it so that it it is in a lifestyle it becomes a chore
0: yeah and it also i can imagine just adds a lot of stress as well which is counterproductive
1: yeah and it also leads to people having these moments where i call it the the inner teenager rebels because it's not happy and then you find yourself with some ben and jerry's (laughs)
0: Yes. It's so funny hearing you speak. I feel like a big, your work has so many overlaps with the creativity coaching that I do. Um, I mean, maybe we'll talk more about that when I, yeah, tell when me I'm on, more, like. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it when I come on to your podcast, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, which
0: I'm very excited for, but it's just interesting. Cause I, I hear you saying um, how important it is to take small steps um, and how the inner child can come out. And it's interesting because these are all things that I work on with my creativity coaching clients. So it's just so cool to hear the overlap in your coaching work.
1: Anytime you're trying to have this transformation that really is going to last, I feel that a lot of the steps are very parallel and similar, as you're saying.
0: So true. So true. And I mean, at the same time as well, I feel like unfortunately, there's this one movement in transformational coaching that's all about, you know, um, quantum leaps and and overnight transformation and all these things. And while I do believe that that can be possible, I think it all begins by taking small manageable and gentle steps, which is why I think your work is so powerful as well.
1: Yeah, it's definitely the small shifts are more sustainable, because I've seen people make huge leaps in 30 days, two weeks, I've seen that happen. Mm -hmm. But the majority of them do not stay there is the thing. Right, right, which goes back to the
0: importance of building a foundation. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So another question I have about all of your creations is just on a very practical level, how do you stay on top of so many different creations? Um, <laughs> kind of what does your day
1: look like? How do you schedule your time? Um, oh, my gosh. So... <laughs> This is what everyone asks me because they can't believe how much stuff that I'm doing. Uh, And it is insane. It really is a lot. Uh, I've recently outsourced some things because it was too much for me to handle alone. Mm -hmm. But what I do is this strategy called color mapping. Mm. And it's, it's kind of influenced by what I've read and then also putting my own spin on it. So of course there's color involved, you know, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) So what I do, yeah, I have in my day and I try to do this every day. Some days I get a little bit caught up in, in, in a project, but almost every day I will start by looking at what I need to do and I'll color map the task. So yellow will be creating content. Purple will be downtime or self-care. I'll have green will be something that is related to promotion or prospecting. Blue is related to clients. But I basically take each of those activities, put them in the calendar when I think I'm going to do them for the day. And they're color coded, which helps me be able to see how much time I'm spending on something. Because, for instance, I have, um, (laughs) this is going to make you laugh. I don't like emails. It's really something I don't like reading. (laughs) And that's a task which you gotta do. So those are gray. So reading emails is gray.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that really doesn't sound very appealing.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And any task which is like, you know, calling the optician or calling the doctor, anything which sucks joy out a little bit is gray. And I try to make it when I look at my day that there isn't that much gray Mm. that it's not there a lot that I space it out because I find if I don't do that it affects my flow it affects my creativity it affects my mental state Mm. so it gives me kind of a snapshot of where am I spending my time and I know that I need time to refresh so that's why I put in the little purple things which will be workouts or meditation or just reading and that helps me. It's just staying super on track that way. And everything is really heavily scheduled, really heavily scheduled.
0: <laughs> I love that approach, though. Um, and I've I've actually never heard of this method before. I feel like I'm going to have to re-listen to this interview and take notes, <laughs> um, try it out myself. I, I think um, because you do say it's heavily scheduled, but at the same time, it seems like This is a very visual and fun approach, actually. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I really like it. I really like the sound of it. And actually, this question is something I'm going to ask in your your quickfire round. But since we're speaking about scheduling and things, do you find that certain times of, of your day are better suited to certain creative activities than other times of day,
1: if that makes sense? I knew you were going to ask this. I was literally thinking really? those words. <laughs> yeah. oh,
0: wow. We're, wow. We're like totally on the, we're same, just wave on right the same vibe. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so <cool. laughs> um, so yeah, definitely there. And I'm sure you see this too. For me, I find that I prefer to do the creative, more creative stuff. So creating the content, not editing it or anything, but just actually creating it. I prefer to do in the mornings, because it lets me feel more inspired. It's something I really enjoy doing. So I like to lead the day with that. And then I'll slowly progress into other things. So for example, emails, which I told you not my fave, those I'll leave for lunchtime. (laughs) And at by lunchtime, I'm okay, I'm in a vibe, I can look through it, give it the attention it needs. And then as I progress through the day, energy gets a little bit lower and I'll focus more on things that don't require so much creativity, such as editing. So editing the podcast, editing the videos. Um, If there is an admin thing I need to handle for a client, that type of stuff I'll do later in the day.
0: So funny, my schedule is exactly the same. I also wait until <laughs> lunch to do emails. <laughs> Great minds, <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, and I love what you say about like leading the day with something that inspires you. And also, for me, it's like getting into a flow state because once I'm in a flow state, I can then apply that to my emails and they become more fun.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's so you never want to start the day doing something which sucks your energy because totally. then you start at a deficit.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Um So one more question I have about your content creator self is, do you have any advice for someone who's starting their own big project, whether that's a business or something else where they have to learn a lot of new skills and wear a lot of different hats? Because I know that that's something that you went through and you're still doing. So um, what advice would you have for someone like that?
1: (sighs) Yeah, so the advice I would give is something I didn't do, which I think... Sometimes that's the <laughs> best <usually> advice. Best. <laughs> <laughs> um, I started out not knowing any of this stuff. So I had never done video editing, had never done photography, had never done copywriting. I hadn't done any of that stuff. The only thing I had done was was really sales, which fortunately you need in business. So that was helpful. But the actual creative stuff the skills i didn't do i had to learn all that stuff from scratch and i think because i did it all at once it really took longer it took much longer versus if i would have just focused on one thing so for example if i would have just focused on video content and only that for maybe six months and really mastered it i would have been able to move much faster into the next thing. But I think as most creative people are, you want to move from one thing to the next. Like that's part of the excitement. So yeah. I would say if you can focus on one, two things max, get those skills really down so that you're at the point where it's nothing for you to do them. So for me, for example, when I first started editing videos for YouTube, I had never used iMovie, Final Cut, none of that stuff. So it took me four hours to edit a 20-minute video. Four hours. It's a crazy amount of time. Now it takes 30 minutes, which is just – if I would have just focused on that, I would have done it a lot faster. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, you're saying because you were doing other things at the same time, it took you longer to get out of the four hour editing phase. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So now I'm really focused on I have all of these things I want to continue to learn, but I'm trying to, to rein it in and continue to just focus on one, then the next, then the next as opposed to just going after all of it, which you want to do and you feel like you need to do in the beginning. But I really recommend to people start with one, master it. If it's something you need urgently on the side, like really consider getting help or support with it instead of doing it yourself in the beginning.
0: That's such great advice. And it's funny you bring this up because this is something I'm struggling with right now. Because I'm in the pro- process of launch launching one project, but at, at the same time, I really want to work on another one. And it's really, I'm I'm noticing it's actually really a process of letting go of this fear and scarcity mentality that you know you won't get to the other thing or the other project, which you will. And it, actually, you're going to get there faster if you fully commit yourself to one thing first. And then kind of get on autopilot with that so that you then have more space to work on a new thing.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I think that's so important because if you're not giving it your full attention, it's very hard for it to give you the results you want anyway because you're constantly divided you're going from one thing to the next so I have all these things you know I've got this new product I want and there's the book I want to write and then there's a million things (laughs) but I have to rein it in and say for now we're just focusing on these things yeah and you know At the end of
0: the day, too, I found that the less that I focus on, the more I enjoy all of those things, too, because it really gives you the space to go deeper, which in the end is much more satisfying than just trying to check off like 10 things off of your to-do list every day.
1: Exactly. And this is principle. This is actually a principle that I talk about all the time for mindset, but also for fitness, for example, because people will always think that if I do more, I go more intense, instead of taking one day off a week, one day off a week, you'll actually get much better results. And you'll enjoy it more if you take that one day, two days, however many rest days you need to, than if you just throw yourself in and go 100% for however long your body will let you. This is so true. And at the
0: end of the day, we're also just not made to be going, going, going all the time. There has to be yeah. a balance of of doing, but then also resting and taking time off. And I've actually also find, found that creatively, I'm much more productive if I give myself at least one day a week where I completely take the day off and you know, just allow myself to kind of float around the day. I
1: love that. This is what I need to do. It's a good reminder. I need to do that too. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's really, again, it's challenging, but it's so worth it. And the rest of the week feels so much better.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I need to do it. I need to try because you're right that you need to have most people, I think, especially if you have a traditional job, most people are probably able to shut off for Sunday, let's say. But when you're, as we are, you know, when you're running your own business, you're doing different freelancing stuff, it is really tough to take that one day. It's really hard. Yeah. And I think part of that has to do with you just
0: see all the possibilities in terms of things that you can do. And you also love your work so much that it's very easy to tell yourself, oh, I love my work. I love what I'm doing. So I don't need to take time off but it's still really important.
1: Yeah. The funny thing is, it's so funny that you say that because I get, um, I have people sometimes ask me because I'm now, so I'm now 35 and I have people ask me, uh, you know, why don't you have kids? And then one of the big reasons I'll say like, I have one, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I no, have kidding. One. no kidding. No <laughs> kidding. It's taking all of my energy in life it's like it is all-encompassing and it requires so much attention and you love it so you want to give it that attention but it is very much like uh, that relationship of growing and nurturing and, and constantly being obsessed
0: it's funny I, I also don't have kids yet and I mean the reason is that I still feel like I'm raising the child of my my business and my work yeah. and, I kind of need to let that grow up first before I exactly. have another baby in the picture.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. yeah. so it's funny too, because i' will have people ask me like, you know how can you run this business because it takes so much of your time You see how much time you focus on it. And these are the same people who who are gonna have families, and it's just it's the same thing. It's just different. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like so you're true. still giving yourself to it in a different way. So true.
0: So true. Yeah. Um, One final question I still want to ask you before we wrap up the main part of this conversation is, and you've already spoken about this in different ways, but um, since the focus of this podcast is how we can better tap into our peak creative potential, I'd still love to hear from you anything else that you do to nurture your creative spirit on a physical, mental, or spiritual level. So any practices you have or anything like that.
1: So the biggest thing for me is I have a really strict morning routine that I've been doing for every day. I've missed two days in two years. That's it. Oh, so for wow. the I love that two, you yeah. know
0: the exact. Yeah.
1: Number of days. <laughs> Well, because Leah, it was two overnight flights, so it was very hard to do. It. <laughs> it's like you
0: didn't really know when the morning was in that moment. So. Right,
1: right. I probably still could have done it, but yeah, I was just out of it. So two days I've been out of it, but every other day that I've been doing it for the last two years, and it was such a game changer for me because I think you know a lot of people who who are creative and uh, like myself, you do struggle a bit with mental health sometimes. And especially when you're running a business, it kind of exacerbates it because your feeling of self and identity is so tied to your project and to your pursuit. And so for me, one of the big things I needed to kind of stabilize that energy to be able to show up every day and and feel inspired was to have this structured morning every day. It made such a difference to me. It was incredible. So I do uh, five minutes sorry, I do 10 minutes of meditation. And that could be breathing, it could be visualizing, it could be affirmations, it just kind of depends on what I'm working on. So I do 10 minutes of that. And then I do 10 minutes of stretching. So movements that just kind of get me going, releasing tension, because a lot of times, I don't think people realize just how much the tightness you feel in your body affects your focus and the way you feel in the whole day. So that's a big thing for me. And then I will always, and people laugh about this, but I will always start my morning after I do these things with something I want to do. So it won't usually be work. (laughs) I love work, of course, but it will usually be something that gets me thinking, whether that's listening to a podcast or sometimes I'll watch videos in other languages and try to practice just something that is uh, stimulating, but also enjoyable. So that's a really big part too. And I swear by this. I think it just makes the day so much better, especially right now. You know, the world we're living in, it's hard to, to find distraction and to get away. And so to be able to create that mental space is, is really important for health.
0: I love that. It's funny. Again, your morning routine is almost identical to mine. I also, (laughs) I do 10 minutes of stretching and then 10 minutes of meditation. (laughs) Um, But I love the starting with something that you want to do.
1: I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. And I will usually, this is not something I necessarily recommend, but for me, I don't put, unless I have an appointment or I'm supposed to see a client, I don't put a time frame on that. So I won't say, oh, I have to stop at 9am. It will be, I'll stay in it a little bit and then I'll stop when I'll stop. Sometimes it will be 20 minutes that I spent on it. Sometimes it will be an hour. It just depends on, on where my mind's at and kind of what it needs for that day.
0: Beautiful. And then you allow yourself to naturally transition into yes. a task. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Exactly. Since you said
1: learning a new language, how many languages do you speak? So I speak three, and I'm trying to learn Italian by watching this uh, gangster show on Netflix. <laughs> I love that. That's so cool.
0: <laughs> so sometimes I mean, you it's watch the gangster like show in the morning.
1: Yeah. <laughs> exactly but it's still like stimulating because I'm watching it in Italian with Italian subtitles so I have to really focus like what do these words mean what's happening and uh, the beauty of I used to watch cooking shows too but the beauty of this is it kind of forces you to start the day thinking from a different perspective than what you might normally do Yeah, I love that. You're kind of putting yourself into a different world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So cool.
0: So this information is going to be in the show notes, but where can the listeners go to learn more about you and your work?
1: Sure. So the best place is definitely my website, which is corpalfitness.com. And then also, if you wanted more of the recipes or the mindset perks, you can find me on Instagram. And that's also Corpile Fitness. And then uh, finally, on YouTube. Yeah. And on
0: YouTube is how I found you.
1: <laughs> yeah. You, honestly, you were one of the first loyal ones in your comments really? every day. <laughs> I think you might have been one of my first comments, too. And I remember, it's like, oh, my gosh, look, someone's commenting oh I love that makes me so happy that's so funny I still think
0: about I'm so glad that the YouTube algorithm showed me your video because that's how I found you and yeah I mean seriously your channel is my favorite workout channel I'm just yeah I'm obsessed with it I always get so excited when you have a new video out
1: (laughs) I love it yeah
0: all right so are you ready for a quick fire round I'm
1: nervous, but let's go. Yeah, let's do it.
0: What is your favorite creativity-inspiring snack?
1: I have a tendency, I'm going to be honest, I have a tendency to not eat when I'm in a creative flow, which is not good, but that's a tendency. So I'm trying to think of what I would have if I (laughs) wanted to do it. Um, Can I say wine?
0: (laughs) It's funny. I've actually had someone say gin and tonic, so... Why? totally fine
1: (laughs) I feel like that would be the only honest answer
0: (laughs) thanks for being honest (laughs) all right so I think I already know the answer to this one but I'm just gonna ask again when is your peak creative time in the morning afternoon evening or at night
1: so for me it's definitely late morning so around eight to ten is peak time cool Brazil, New York, or London Ooh. in for what though that's the bigger question Ooh. for what maybe maybe just share what you like about each of those places. Okay, so New York, definitely for a nightlife vibrancy, spontaneity, just kind of living up the day cool. London for living, I think, because it's a bit more balanced, a little bit more low-key compared to New York. And Brazil is for filling your soul. Go in there. If you're feeling any heartbreak, you're feeling down, you need to be inspired. Brazil is the place to really pick you up and and get your spirit going. I love that. And
0: specifically Rio in Brazil or
1: I mean all the Brazilians are not going to want me to say that but yes (laughs) (laughs) for me yes it's always been Rio. I love the other cities I love Sao Paulo but for strictly speaking to visit and to go especially if it's your first time definitely Rio
0: so cool I've never been but I've heard so many wonderful things about it
1: yeah. Once things calm down, definitely, definitely go. It's they have some of the hi- they have um what is it one of the highest percentages in the world of return visitors. Really? Yeah. It's really? people don't go just once. <laughs> well, every
0: single Brazilian person I've met has just been so warm-hearted and joyful. They've all been such beautiful people, you included
1: by the way,
0: oh, thank you, yeah, 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 so i think I think I would resonate with it if I went to visit
1: oh, for sure, I mean, if your happy place was in California, if you went to Rio, it would just be next level for you, oh, oh, maybe it's one of my next places to visit. put it on the bucket list for sure, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> chocolate or coffee,
1: oh my gosh, that's such a hard decision. <laughs> This actually is harder than any of the other ones. <laughs> if you ask me, what could you give up forever of the two? Uh-huh. I could give up chocolate forever. But not coffee? Not coffee. I wouldn't have to have coffee every day, although at the moment I am. But I wouldn't have to have it every day. But if you said you can never have one of these two things again, I think I would have to give up the chocolate. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I agree Are you oh yeah, for sure. And I'm
0: Swiss. I'm such a bad Swiss. <laughs> well,
1: the chocolate there is next level. I don't know if you're talking about Swiss chocolate, it changes things.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I think even with Swiss chocolate, I, I'd give that up over coffee. What kind of music stirs your creativity?
1: I love. Latin music it's just it doesn't have to be even Brazilian it can be anything it can have lyrics or not but it's just that beat it gets me going
0: oh my god me too <laughs> you're speaking you're my, my language <laughs> what kind of Latin music is your favorite or I mean maybe you don't have a favorite but what are some of your favorite genres
1: I like different things for different stuff I'm doing so I I like one thing for when I'm cooking one thing for when I'm dancing one thing for when I'm you know just trying to do work or write it just really depends on what the activity is but as long as it has that beat you know those drums I feel that's my music (laughs) yeah I feel you do you do any kind of Latin dance I used to do a little bit of samba Um, it's been a while, so I haven't done it for a while and I have attempted, okay, so this is (laughs) embarrassing fact. I, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you know that I obviously I teach fitness and I have taught. I have taught, I do some Latin hit workouts you've probably seen on YouTube. But I am really bad at choreography. I cannot follow other people's choreography, it's impossible. So I've tried to do Zumba, Salsa. It's really difficult for me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm the one who's facing a different direction in the Zumba class every time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, that's you know it's interesting. I'm 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 pretty good with partner dancing, but it's mm. still really hard for me to learn choreography or follow choreography. I kind of just need to like learn dances in my body and then I can do it. But I feel you. I think choreography can be really tricky
1: yeah and it's just the simplest stuff too I had this is so I shouldn't tell you this but I had when I I actually went and got certified as a Zumba instructor years ago because I wanted to do it I thought you know I love Latin and music I would love to teach this and it was a room of maybe a hundred of us and the Zumba instructor actually came up to me afterwards and she said I don't think this is for you (laughs) 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 <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, <sad>. so yeah, <laughs> uh, that that's how that stood. So, <laughs> well, Sharday, i
0: I'm glad that you you carved your own path.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do my own dancing. It's fine. Yeah.
0: yeah. Final question: What does creativity mean to you?
1: So creativity to me is, I guess, just the soul's expression. So being able to express your soul or your spirit in different ways, whether that's creating a video, doing a painting, doing a project, speaking to a group of people, whatever it is, but being able to express that in a, not necessarily physical, but a way that other people can perceive it.